0: You're listening to a podcast from Victory. God's power for salvation is made perfect in Jesus. Get more insight in week 5 of our series, Beyond the Signs. We are going back in John chapter 6. Since last week, we discussed about the feeding of the 5,000 and then moved to Jesus being the bread of life. But I've intentionally skipped through the text in verse 16 to 21 where God, where Jesus made another miracle because the message was too long last week. Now we have to to discuss the certain portion in the middle where we missed out last week. And the miracle is not that really, it's just Jesus walking on water, you know. So uh, we'll, we'll be looking at Jesus walking on water and what this means and the context behind why Jesus walked on water. And last week, we discussed the feeding of the 5,000. And it was a very hard teaching that Jesus gave after to the disciples. Where He said, I am the bread of life. Only I can fill you up. Only I can satisfy you. And no other. And because of the hard teaching that Jesus gave in John 6, many of the disciples left Him. Okay? Many of the attendees never came back because it was hard for them to swallow that only Jesus can satisfy them. For them to live out in reality that Jesus is the bread of life is something they could not take. And so now we go back a few verses, uh, back to uh, verse 16 to verse 21. So background, uh, they wanted to make Jesus king. Jesus said, that's not the kind of king I want to be, withdrew himself. And then told the disciples, you go ahead to the other side of the lake, I'll catch up with you. So when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. So the disciples were in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was not yet there. So maybe they're thinking, maybe Jesus would catch up, we don't know how, maybe there's another boat that he would use. Now, the sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. Now, the context is, they were professional fishermen. They're used to rough seas. They're used to storms. But this one, if you look at the different versions in Mark, you would see that this was a big storm. They call it a squall. And it was bigger than a storm. So you go to storm signal number 6 or 7, this was a big one. And they were in a boat, in a fishing boat. And it was not safe. And even as professionals, for them, they were afraid of this storm that was coming because the, the, the sea became very rough and a strong wind was blowing. If you look at this verse, what we see here is even as disciples of Christ, they experienced storms. Remember, they just came from a miracle feeding of the 5,000, five loaves, two fish, was able to feed 15,000 people. They came from a high of signs and wonders and miracles. And in just a few hours after the miracle, here they were experiencing a storm. What they thought was, oh, this would be easy going. Imagine, five loaves, two fish, fed 5,000. I might not experience any more trials or storms in life. And here they are in the middle of the lake without Jesus, their boss, without Jesus, and a storm came and the wind was blowing and the sea was rough. And you could see here that even as disciples of Christ, our lives would never be storm-free. There will always be storms in life. Everybody in this room, you've experienced storms in your life. In fact... It doubled when you became a Christian. Because what was legal before, now that you're in the faith, is now illegal. A lot of the things that you do in the past that were normal is no longer normal and is considered sin. And therefore, I need to correct things and sometimes I have to pay a big amount of money to make sure that I do it the righteous way. Whether it's in business, whether it's in marriage, I did this before, I was not a Christian, and now I'm paying the consequences, but I want to make things right. And you go through storms, you go through trials, you go through testing, just like the disciples. Do not believe a preaching that says that when you're a Christian, there will be no more problems. That only happens if you die. So if you don't want any more problems, you don't want to go that route, right? Because there will always be storms in life. But then, even though we are not storm-free, we are actually storm-proof because of our faith in Christ. And this was what God wants to reveal to the disciples at the time. You will go through storms, but doesn't mean that you will die in the storm. As we can see in John 6, they were still alive after John 6. That's why we discussed it last week that they were still alive. So, what we want is for you to be storm-proof. And how do we become storm-proof Christians? That whether there's trials or storms that come in our way, we still stand strong in the faith. In 1 Peter 4, verse 12 to 13, and I hope you take note of this verse, because this verse is a great reminder every time you go through storms, just like the disciples. It says there, Friends, When life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Sometimes the first thing that comes to our mind when life is difficult, God forgot. God did not remember me. God is not doing His job. That's why this is happening to me. Peter said, please, don't forget. Don't make a conclusion that God is not on the job. Rather, instead... Be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. When you go through storms in life, when you go through the unexpected, even after signs and wonders, remember, it is a spiritual refining process. Peter said, Peter said, be glad. Why? Because the same way Christ suffered, you are now experiencing it. As a Christian, it is a privilege to undergo trials in the faith. Because why? It's a refining process for me. Therefore, do not rebuke the trials. Do not pray away the trials. These are part of the faith, of the journey of maturing in Christ." That I need to go through trials. That's why the trials you have now is actually a spiritual refining process. With what? Because at the end of the day, the glory of God will be revealed. You will now start to see, ah, that's why God allowed me to go through this trial. It's because He's doing something in my life. It's a refining process. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat and they were frightened. So imagine a storm was coming. Professional fishermen. They were afraid. The sea was rough. The wind was blowing. And they saw a man walking on water. They were frightened. Now I don't know if they were frightened because of the storm or because they saw uh, a ghost. But imagine. Just imagine if you're there and the sea is very rough and you think you're about to die. And a hazy part of your vision, you see a man walking on water. Pag tayo yan, di ba? imagine mo. Uh, Let me show you the picture. If you're on the boat and you, and you see this, what would be your reaction? Lord, will you There was a man walking on water and they were frightened. Now they were frightened, I think, because of both. That there was a storm, and they might die, and now there was a man walking on water. Now, if you look at Mark 6, the same story as John chapter 6, here's how it was described. And he saw, Jesus saw, that they were making headway painfully. It was hard for them, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, imagine, in his mind, he would just pass by them hi guys i 'm going there to the other side Okay, that was the intention of Jesus, but when he, they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost, and they cried out. so when they saw parak, so imagine what was running in the disciples' mind. See Jesus my aunt casper, who else says because we're shake rattling and rolling here, you know so what's happening so some of Them thought it was Jesus, some thought it was a ghost. And Jesus was just meant to pass them by, but when He saw them and they saw each other, the disciples started to cry out. What were they crying out? Lord, save us! Lord, help us! Lord, too long! Imagine, the big, bulky, professional fishermen were afraid for their lives. I don't know if you have ever experienced going through rough seas... Whether you're riding Star Ferry or a cruise liner. I've, been, I've just been in a very big boat two weeks ago. And it was, we experienced a rough sea. Like when we were sleeping, you could really feel you go up and down. And this was a big one. This was not a fishing boat. Okay? This could hold 5,000 people. So imagine, even for us, we were afraid. Even though we knew this was a big ship. And, you know, we feel this would be safe. Nothing will happen to us. Even our kids were not really afraid, but they were dizzy. People were vomiting. And so we told the kids, are you guys dizzy? No, we're not. We're not. No, no, you have to sleep. Come on, let's sleep. We slept very early because it was rough sea. There was no storm. It was just windy. Imagine. It was just windy. This was a squall, a storm that happened. So, when Jesus saw them, and they saw Jesus, they cried out, Help! 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 Okay? And here's how Jesus replied. And here's the point that I want us to discuss today. There's so many points in John 6. So I'm just going to focus on some points here that would help us. But He said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. This is very powerful. This verse, verse 20 It is, I do not be afraid. Now, this verse becomes less powerful if we miss the key words. Some of us, we look at this verse and we say, My take home is, do not be afraid. Now, here's the problem if that's your take home. Do not be afraid. Who Among you, you're afraid of something and the advice given to you is, Do not be afraid. Does that help? I'm afraid. I might die. Do not be afraid. You will die. Right? It doesn't help. Okay? Do not be afraid is a phrase we often use to comfort people, encourage people. Wag kang kaya mo You can do it. Right? People pay thousands outside for people to say, You can do it. Ah, uh, free, ah! Huh? I said it to you. It's for free. You can do it, guys. Does it help in your mind? I really can't. No, you can't. No, I can't. No, you can't. It doesn't really help. Gusto ko Kaya mo yan. Hindi, hindi ko magawa. Oi, para kanta na I can't. No, you can. How? You do this. You do that. That's very hard. I can't. No, you can't. It doesn't help because. Just to say, do not be afraid without going beyond the sign of Jesus walking on water. Remember, they just saw Jesus multiply the bread and now they're afraid. Why? The signs and wonders did not help. When they saw Jesus walking in water, did it help? No. What would help? It is this key phrase. It is what? I do not be afraid. What does that mean when you say it is I? What that means is I am. I am here. Do not be afraid. I am is such an important word in scripture. When Moses met God, ano sabi ni God? I am. What is your name? I am. I am who I am. Which is. I couldn't understand this. My whole high school years, it has been preached so many times, I couldn't understand. Imagine, I only understood this last week. No, no, okay. When I was in college. I, was like, I couldn't. What's his name? I am. I am. Because in LaSalle, where I studied, I am is not a complete sentence. Uh huh. You know? It's word class, you know? It's D. LaSalle. Okay? It's not like other universities that would put D to say their name. The Ateneo. It's not the it's Ateneo. It's the La Salle. Okay? So, now let's go back. Let's go back here. Okay? But, does it make sense? I am, I am Dennis, I am, who are you? What it meant, pala, when God says it is I or I am who I am, what that means is in whatever circumstance you are in, I am. You fill in the blanks because of my power and my sovereignty and my nature, I am. You're sick, I'm Jehovah Rapha, I'm healer. You're worrying, I'm a God who's sovereign. You need provision, I am provider. You fill in the blanks, I am. That's why, pala, ah, that's why. And now here, God was saying, I am, do not be afraid. I am here. I am the God who steals the storm. I'm actually walking on water to show you I am above nature. I am. Therefore, do not be afraid. Powerful. The application here is not do not be afraid. It is to understand. It is I. I am. Having the right understanding of I am, would conclude us, therefore, to not be afraid, do not worry, do not sin, whatever do not application. It's because of a proper understanding of who is God. That's why if you don't read the Bible, and you don't know who God is, no matter what advice is given to you, you'll never get it. Why? Weak theology produces weak Christians. If I don't understand God, If I don't go deeper in understanding who my God is, I don't even read the Bible, I only listen every Sunday, for a four verse, five verse, it will produce weak Christians who really don't understand who their God is. You can't eat the food I'm giving you now for your whole week. You have to go back and read the scripture on your own have a systematic way of reading the Scripture because only then will God reveal Himself. You don't read the Scripture in the middle of the storm. You read it when it's summer. So when the storm comes, you can declare, He, I am. Therefore, I am not afraid. I know who I am. I know who who is I am. Therefore, I will not be afraid. But if you don't know scripture, you will run to everybody who's trying to give you an answer during the storm. I hope that during the storm, Jesus can actually say, You know, my intention was only just to pass by because He knows me. I am. It is I. Therefore, do not be afraid. Now, if your thinking is, you am. okay, Right? Me. And we've heard that phrase we're in we run our own lives we course our own direction i'm the captain of my ship and it has been used so many times if you use that be very afraid matakot ka nung election gamit na gamit yun i am the captain of my ship where's the ship now where's the captain titanic when it was built this is the only ship that God cannot sing. Mm -hmm. God made the movie out of it. It sank on its debut. If you think you are the captain of your ship, be very, very, very afraid. If you are in a relationship where you think, I can manipulate and control, I will be very, very afraid. We cannot be the captain of our own ship. We cannot self-made ourselves. Can't. Because we are the problem. Kaya yung the boat is sinking. Group yourselves. (laughs) You will sink. Even if you group yourselves. If in your mind all of you are the captain, it will sink. Because you're not I am. Only Jesus is I am. God wanted to reveal Himself to the disciples. After the signs and wonders, they didn't get the message. That's why John 6, the hard conversation happened. And many left Him. And so this was lesson number two, to pound on what He was trying to say. Before the hard conversation on John 6, 22 onwards to verse 70. He was preparing them. He was teaching them about something of His nature so that they would understand. Look, interesting verse. In Mark 6, 52. For they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were what? Hardened. When the feeding of the 5,000 happened, and people wanted to make Jesus king, the twelve. The original disciples. What do they did not understand. Wanted nga to be king, did not accept. So, imagine the rumblings. Their hearts were what hardened. Instead of rejoicing because of the signs and wonders, nagtampo pa kay Lord. They had hard hearts. They couldn't receive the message. Of the signs and wonders. And now, they're on the boat. Storm. Hearts were hardened. When they saw Jesus. Casper. They couldn't even see clearly. Why? Their hearts were hardened. They couldn't understand the lows. You see, one of the prayers you need to pray, if you have a soft heart today, is, Lord, may I never come to a point where my heart becomes hard. Lord, may I never be desensitized. To sin. When your heart is hard, no matter how good the preaching, how wonderful the worship, how good-looking your seatmate is, you will not receive. No matter how good the presentation. Why? It's hard. People can actually shout in front of you, Danger! You're going to die! huh? Why? It's desensitized. It's hard to minister with people with hard hearts. Their hearts were hardened after the feeding of the 5,000. Their hearts were now hard. And it took Jesus to walk on water to make it a little softer. Because their hearts were very hard. So when they saw Jesus... They cried out. And what happened? They were glad to take Jesus into the boat. Why? They were going to die. Now, I want you to see this picture. Their hearts were hardened. Jesus knew that. They were grumbling. And later he'll mention that in John 6, latter part. He knew that their hearts were hardened. And so, when they needed help, and they cried out, Lord, come, come, come. What did Jesus do? he went into the boat. What's the message we can see here? You might have a hardened heart today. And sometimes you know why it becomes a little softer. You're facing problems. God, I need you. Lord, say, help, help. But your heart is hardened. And once the prayer is answered, you're back to your old ways. Why? The heart is hardened. I just need help now. I need my genie in the bottle. I need the miracle now. But the heart is not ministered to. But what's the story of grace here? That even when their hearts were hardened, Jesus entered into the boat. What we could see here is a picture of how Jesus pursues us. Even in the presence of hard hearts, He can do a miracle in your life. Imagine. Even though He knew after this walking on water, their hearts will still be hardened he still went into the boat. Imagine, Mono, if we're Jesus, what could be a reaction? Knowing their hearts were hardened, the seas were rough, Peter crying, the disciples, help, save. His intent was to pass by. Imagine if my intent was to pass by, and I know you're not listening to me. I multiplied the bread, and your hearts are hardened. What ko di If I was there, I saw them, help, 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 help. Yeah, right? Why? Hardened heart. Why will I help you? Your heart is hardened. Imagine, if Jesus gave up on us, will we be here? Maybe some of you have hard hearts today. There's sin that you're, you're living in sin today. And you've not repented. And you're listening to this. Why? Because of the grace of God. God's reaching out to you. Don't wait for the storm. How? By understanding He is, I am. He is the bread of life. He will satisfy. Don't run. Respond willingly. Be glad to take him into the boat. And they they were so glad. Take him into the boat. And immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Bible scholar said, here's another miracle that happened. Okay, look, huh? Strong wind. (sighs) And oh, okay. Oh, lalaki, you know? Oh, ah, okay. Right? Jesus comes into the boat, and they said another miracle happened. They immediately was at the land to which they were going. Ah! Oh, wait, you can now disembark. <laughs> that was the miracle. They didn't know how it happened. It's just when Jesus was in the boat, they were able to go to their destination. Amazing. Another supernatural thing that happened in this verse that you don't see if you speed read. But if you study and research, you say, wow. When Jesus was there in the boat, they were able to reach the place where Jesus wanted them to be. Now the question we want to ask everyone in this room is this. Is Jesus in your boat? Where's Jesus? Who's the captain of the ship? When it comes to your life, who's running it? Is Jesus in your boat? Again, another hard question, only you can answer. Because you can go to church, you can actually memorize verses, and Jesus is not the captain of your ship. You can actually lift your hands so high with tears every Sunday, attend a victory group, Read the Bible, four or five chapters a day, two hours a day, and at the end of the day, when asked, is Jesus in the captain of your ship? No, He's not. You could hide behind all religious activities. But the hard question that needs to be asked, is Jesus running your life? Is He in the boat? You have to answer that. Is He in your boat? Let Him run your life. If He's truly bread of life, He can satisfy. He fills me up. Today, another thing. Today we're saying, not only can He satisfy, not only will you no, no longer be hungry or nor thirsty, but now you will be guided. Jesus will be the captain. What the captain says, everybody says, yes. the see, the captain of your ship. Is he in the boat? I want you to look at this song that was composed by David thousands of years before this happened. It's actually very interesting how it's like John chapter 6. In Psalm 107 verse 28, it says, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them. From their distress, He made the storm be still." And the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet. And He brought them to their desired haven. I want to end with this. You see, all of us, we're in different levels in our journey. Some are surrendered. Some have soft. Some have semi-soft. Some have semi-hard. Some have hard hearts. See, I don't know where you are. But if there's one thing even though the disciples had their hearts hardened at the moment of the storm with whatever knowledge they know of Christ they cried out some out of fear some out of selfishness ayoko pang mamatay maybe some out of saying he is sovereign over nature he is I am I think the disciples had different journeys as well 12 of them of their knowledge of who Christ is, of their encounter of Christ. But in the midst of the storm, they learned how to cry out. And the grace of God is saying, whether you are hard, semi-hard, semi-soft, or soft, the response will be the same. He hushes the wind. He stills the water. You know, if you go to the Sea of Galilee... If you ever go on a tour, you'll be going there. In the stillness of the water, not even a wave. It's very still. If you go on a tour, there will be a concert there. And they will sell CDs for you to buy. But it's an amazing time to worship God. In the sea, it is so quiet. It's like this. It's so quiet. That's the picture that I hope you see beyond the sign, but when you hear the quietness and the stillness when you're in the presence of God, I hope, do not wait for another storm. Do not wait for a confrontation in John 6 where Jesus was saying, are you willing to eat my flesh and drink my blood? I hope even now, you would now say, Lord, you are I am. Lord, I surrender to I am. And Lord, whatever I'm going through, In whatever situation my heart is, hard, semi-hard, soft, I pray, Lord, that I will surrender to You. Turn my heart of stone into a heart of flesh that I may respond and cry out to You once more, Jesus, You are my I Am. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Lord God, thank You. Jesus, thank You because once again you show to us that no matter how hard our heart is you are always in the business of pursuing us of running after us, of seeking us, that in your very grace and in your very love our hearts are turned into a heart of flesh and so I pray Lord for everyone in this room Lord, in whatever stage we are in, in our walk with Jesus, I pray, Lord, that we'll be able to say, You are, I am. Lord, we worship You. We surrender to You. Lord, today I declare, I am no longer the captain of my ship. Lord, I cannot run my life on my own. I cannot motivate myself not to be afraid without You. Lord, may I learn to be reliant on You. May I learn, God, that my strength is found in my weakness. It's when I admit I need You. It's when I admit that I need a God who will save me. It's when I cry out in the middle of the storm. In my weakness, You are my strength. In my distress, You are my comfort. In my sickness, Sickness, You are the healer. You are, I am. So come, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone here. Lord, I pray that You'll reveal Your nature and Your character to them. I pray, Lord, that they will never be the same again this week. I pray that they would grow deeper in their walk with Jesus from this day on. Lord, just like how, revealed you, how you revealed Yourself to the disciples whether it's through the multiplication of bread, whether it's walking on water, whether it's through hard teaching, I pray that we would respond. I pray, God, Lord, that even as storms would come, we would know, Jesus, you are with us. You are I am. I don't don't need to worry. I don't need to fear. I do not need to be afraid. For the Word of God says, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So I pray for the Spirit of God to come upon each one of us and fill us today to overflowing so that we may truly and fully rely on You even in the middle of the storm. But we thank You. Thank You because You are I Am. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, Please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcasts